I'm Sarah Heiner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert-sourced, expert-vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. I'm thrilled to be talking today to Dr. Charles Gerba, professor of microbiology and environmental sciences, who specializes in virology, parasitology, and risk assessment at University of Arizona College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. He's co-author of The Germ Freak's Guide to Outwitting Colds and Flu. And Dr. Gerber, welcome. And for the moment, I'm just going to call you Dr. Germ. Is that okay? Oh, sure. No problem. You've probably never been called that before, have you? Oh, I've been called that many a time. <laughs> Only with love, right? Just, just like That's right. All right. And so fear. Huh? So and a little fear. And a little fear. Well, that's because they're fearful <laughs> when you come in and say, you know, your house looks clean, but did you know how yeah. many germs are on that surface? which is exactly why we're talking today, because we've done some stories with you in Bottom Line Personal about the hidden germs in our lives. And our customers, I can't say they love it, but they, they, it has had such an impact on them because the truth is we live in a filthy world, right? So let's talk about some of that filth in the world and make people aware of even though it looks clean, what's lurking and then how they can protect themselves. Alrighty. Yes. Okay. Uh, huh? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and uh, what I can do is kind of give you a, starting your outside world when you're outside the house. Yeah. Because that's when you're really exposed to uh, most of the germs from other people uh, that you meet in that. Um, I mean, you can't, you don't realize how many surfaces you touch in the day and in a typical office environment, it's, it's uh, hundreds of surfaces actually in a day. And every time you touch a surface, you have the possibility of picking up somebody else's germs. And, and, and today that's probably more important than ever, uh, because most of our time is spent indoors. We spend 80 to 90% of our indoor in time indoors, working at home, sleeping. Uh, it's really an indoor world going to the gym. Uh, so you really spend more time indoors than any generation uh, in history. And most of us now are office workers, and so we spend more time in an office than any time in history. We go back 120 years, most of our time was spent outdoors. So this indoor environment creates really an interesting pathway for the movement of germs, like in an office building or places you work or play today. Uh, there wasn't there 100 years. So in reality, you're, you're exposed to more different people's germs uh, in a day than, than any generation in history. So that's really, let me ask you this though. So are we more fearful, should we be more fearful of germs from other people? or germs, because there's all sorts of germs and bugs and bacteria out in the world as well. We get afraid of bug bites and we get afraid of animal germs and, and all that. But from what you're saying, it almost sounds like people are the more dangerous carriers of this stuff. Uh, yeah, because they, you, you, they're moving in your same environment uh, you are. And your hands play a, a, a significant role. The Centers for Disease Control uh, estimates about 80% of the common illnesses you get are transmitted actually by your hands, picking up stuff when you touch it or and, and then or shaking other people's hands, for example. And then you really literally pick up the germs on your hands and then move them to where they want to be, which is usually your skin, eyes, mouth, and nose. It's so funny. I've gotten that, you know, I love shaking hands. I like a good, hard handshake. And yet I've gotten so disgusted now. Every time I shake someone's hands, all I can do is go, ew. Well, about a third of the people who have the common cold have the virus on their hands. So they're really handing off the virus to you every time you shake the hands. If somebody has a cold or sneezing, coughing, good idea not to shake their hand. You know, 
Uh, bowing isn't a bad idea, actually. Oh, that's interesting. So the Asians have it right. Okay. Yes. So let's let's talk about some of those places in the outside world um, that where people commonly are and what what what's hiding on those surfaces. So let's talk. You talked about the office. So um, let's talk about some of the things like copier machines, phones, elevator buttons, computers. Where's yes, where's it all lurking there? Yeah, from a germ world, your phone is the worst, you, particularly your office phone sitting there, I mean, or your cell phone, because you're picking up things all the time. I mean, most people uh, talk dirty and don't realize it. They never really clean their phone or wipe it down, and you get saliva and everything. So that's actually number one. Do I have to worry and about the, ear germs? Pardon? Do I have to worry about germs on the hearing part? Like someone's got uh, yeah, dirty hair. Yeah, both of them. You find germs on both the mouth part and the hearing part, but mostly on the mouth part because yeah. you get saliva on there. If you have cold or flu viruses, they tend to get on the mouth part. So um, how many, is there a number? Because I think one of the most interesting things is how, how many things are on the surfaces of this. Like it's huge. Well, it varies a lot, but it, it, you can have 10 to 100,000 of germs on, a, on the mouthpiece of a phone. You know, it depends how often you clean it. Uh, never, and never would probably be it for everybody in this office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your cell phone's interesting because they move germs around you. you. You touch a surface, then you use your phone, and you put it on it, and you move to another place. They've actually been responsible for outbreaks in uh, hospital environments, uh, moving germs back and forth between patient to patient. So uh, they do are, they're a good carrier for germs. Well, not uh, only that, in the hospital, so... Um, there, I've been I've been in a hospital a lot recently. My I've had I've had a family member that was sick, and now every single nurse has their cell phones in their pockets. They're in and out of the rooms. They're communicating with each other with those cell cell phones. So mm -hmm. you're, I'll tell you, you're right. You know that you're right already. Yeah, usually in hospitals they'll they'll use you know they usually often use uh, uh, disinfectant with uh, ultraviolet light or wipe or something. So they should be doing that on a regular basis because it, it's been shown to play a role in hospitals in, in disease transmission. So what should everyone else do? Should I be wash, wiping my phone down every day? Uh, you know, it might not be a bad idea. Why? Because we found that if you go to work, you pick up uh, viruses on your phone or bacteria, and then you go back home and you start using it, you take the, the bacteria viruses off and you, you put them in other places in the home. So it's a good way to move germs. Germs are a lot more mobile because of cell phones today in reality. So do we need so to think about germy surfaces in terms of transport? Like so that if I've got so germs sitting on a countertop, okay, big deal. But versus things that transport like phones, like um, grocery well, carts or like, huh? A grocery. Your purse is a good one because uh, in, in studies we've done, about a third of the bottom outside of women's purses have E. coli because they tend to put them on uh, restroom floors. So it's a good idea not to put them on floors because what we found is you put it on the floor, pick up a few E. coli, uh, fecal bacteria, and then you move it to your home and you put that purse on the kitchen countertop where you're going to make a meal. So you can be pretty germ mobile with a purse, surprisingly enough. Uh, we've discovered. Uh, yeah, countertops play a really good role, too. That Most desktops in offices are, are pretty germy. Most people don't clean a desktop till they stick to it, from what we can figure out, because uh, they get really bad. The bad part in the office of a surface is actually the coffee break room, uh, because everybody's in there 
germs tend to accumulate. Uh, in studies we've done, if a person comes into an office with a cold or flu, he starts leaving germs right on the coffee pot handle in the break room because one of the things people do right away is get a cup of coffee. So you want to be the first one in the coffee uh, room or break room to get a cup of coffee because uh, everybody else is going to be touching that coffee pot handle during the day. So then so, is, it, is a Keurig more, more, less, less prone to, to germs than, a, than the coffee pot? Uh, yeah, I, I think the the, the, the buttons are on the table the top the, the tabletop are the most. Maybe the button uh, onto the microwave because a lot of places have microwaves. That gets pretty germy. Any, any kind of place people are commonly touched. So this real, kind of, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's kind of interesting is that we put a tracer virus with somebody coming into an office, and within four hours, it's on uh, half of the people's hands in the office and the surfaces in the office, even though they never met. Uh, before even know each other, largely because of touching common surfaces. So let me ask you this. I've, I've noticed over the years that when we get new employees into the office, they get sick within, usually within a couple weeks, they've gotten sick. Mm -hmm. And I've always, just like the start of the school year, the kids would get sick when they got into a new classroom. Is that because they're getting into a different germ pool than they've been in and they need to build up their immune system? Uh, yeah, that can happen. It's been demonstrated certainly in certain people who work in the medical field and people are exposed to germs a lot. You get sick, the new people get sick, and then they kind of adapt to it or they quit. Uh, they get sick too much and they get out of there. Um, you have to remember, too, if you pick up a, 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 a microbe in the office, you can bring it home to your kids and family about, it's estimated, a third of the infections you pick up in your office are brought to your home. Uh, actually, so that's one way they get into home. School year is always a good start because you're mixing all these kids that have been all the summer gone all over the world, and then they all you put them all back there and they trade germs right away. So usually you get a peak in illness right after school starts, and, and right after uh, Thanksgiving, and right after uh, Christmas because yeah. they've all gone home, visited their relatives, pick up all the germs from their relatives, and then bring them uh, to work or school. It's like a new germ soup. Oh, yeah, it is. Germs uh, <laughs> are far more mobile than you think. So, let's, so um, with regard to offices, so what should people do? So that should they wash their hands as soon as they leave the office before they go home at night? Like, what's the best cleaning protocol uh, for people they can't, you know, when they deal with elevators and copier buttons and, and all that stuff? Let's kind of circle back to what do people do to protect themselves. Yeah. Of course, hand washing is always the gold standard, uh, but we found out using a hand, having a hand sanitizer and using a disinfectant wipe on your desk once a week, using a hand sanitizer uh, after you get to the office uh, and when you get home are a good idea. Uh, it's been found that if you take the bus to work, uh, uh, you have a, a six-fold increase in getting a cold or flu because uh, you're in that environment where you're touching a lot of surfaces with people ill. So the first thing you get in that office is to use a hand sanitizer. And when you get home, use it again so you don't bring anything home because your hands are really a major carrier for a lot, a lot of uh, microbes that cause infections. Right, and then clean off the steering wheel. When I, like I was, when, when I, after I travel or even, you know, on the, on the bus, on the subway, when you touch those poles and then when you get in your car, clean off your steering wheel so you're not bringing it home. Yeah, the, actually, the, the germiest parts of a car are actually the dashboard because the airflow goes over there, <clears throat> your, where your coffee cup goes, because uh, bacteria love to uh, grow in the waste on it, and, and actually a children's car seat 
are the three germiest places. Usually, you're quite right. If, if you're the only one using your car to go to work, it's the steering wheel gets the worst. If you had kids, it's the car seat, dashboard. Uh, I, I, basically, if you're transporting children around, uh, you should really uh, you know wipe down your car with a disinfecting wipe once in a while because they really leave a trail behind them in a car. No question. That and the snack trail of cheese crackers. Um, let's take a break, Dr. Gerber, and we're going to come back and talk about things like the grocery car, um, money, and restaurants. I'm talking to professor of microbiology and expert on everything germs, Dr. Chuck Gerba. You think your home is clean, but that is so far from the truth. Our homes and pretty much anywhere we go are infested with germs, and many in the most surprising places. Forewarned is forearmed, and Dr. Gerba has forewarned Bottom Line's readers many times about where germs are hiding and how to protect themselves. He's only one of the many leading experts who share their wisdom in America's most empowering newsletter, Bottom Line Personal. Twice each month, readers get actionable insider advice on all aspects of life, including living a healthy life, travel, insurance, home maintenance, retirement planning, smart tech strategies, and so much more. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from our experts of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP. We're back with Dr. Chuck Gerba. He is Dr. Germ. He's a professor of microbiology and environmental science, and we are talking about germs. And even though the world may seem not so dirty, we know, thanks to Dr. Gerba, that it is a filthy place. So Dr. Gerba, we were talking before about kind of office dirt. Let's talk now about the grocery store, which is one of the filthiest places in the world, according to you. Well, the, the, it's a, particularly uh, the grocery carts. Uh, we've studied in several locations across the United States, and they, they get uh, fairly contaminated with E. coli and fecal bacteria, particularly uh, in the Northeast, we have a colder weather and more overcast skies than in Arizona, actually. Uh, shopping carts tend to get baked out in the sun here, so it seems to be more of a problem back East. How does that get there? Well, you can get it from uh, meat products leaking or putting small children in the grocery carts in that seat in there is one of our suspect areas. But there was a study done, too, that showed that small children are more likely to get uh, bacterial infections that cause diarrhea if you put them in a shopping cart, uh, interestingly enough. So that's one of the reasons they have those disinfecting wipes at a lot of grocery stores in that. It's a good idea to wipe that cart down. You don't know the last person to use that uh, in the shopping cart. The other interesting areas reusable shopping bags would have been promoted a lot however we did a study where we collected them from uh, people going to the grocery store and, and uh, then tested them and we found out that you know uh, almost half of them uh, have e coli in them or other fecal bacteria because people seldom wash these and again things get in there like leaking meat products but in interviewing people uh, we found out people use them for everything. Uh, I, I mean, they use them for uh, 
putting their dirty laundry in it, their gym shorts, their shoes, uh, and then they wonder why they get the you wonder why they get so germy in that. Uh, and then what happens too if you put these in the trunk of your car during the summer back east? Uh, the bacteria will grow in, in the bags in that. Now, why do they get so bad? People almost never wash them. In interviewing people, only 3% of the people have ever washed uh, a reusable grocery bag. Actually, in some of the bags, you find more fecal bacteria than you do in people's underwear. It's, it's that oh. bad we've seen. So, but that would be people that are using it for laundry. That wouldn't be for, if I'm using it just for my groceries, I'd suddenly have fecal bacteria in it. Uh, uh, it's largely uh, a lot of the percentage of people is pretty high. Like I say, about half have it in it. But know? that's because they're using. Is that is that if you're just using it for groceries? Yeah, you know, if you're going to use them, you should separate your meat products from your vegetable products, and try not to to you know put your uh, used underwear in it when you go to the uh, laundromat. I find uh, it. I, I usually only put my new underwear in my grocery bag when I go to the grocery. Yeah, you don't want to make a salmonella salad when you get home. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so, you know, some of the grocery bags are fabric and some of them are kind of um, plastic lined, you know, plastic coated. So in your opinion, should I be using fabric ones or plastic coated ones? Well, you should be using fabric ones because you can throw them in the laundry and wash them. Okay. Uh, a lot of them, if you read it, they say hand wash only. So, and those are mainly uh, polypropylene plastic type of bags yeah. are woven. So you want to go with a cloth one because you can throw it in the laundry and wash it once in a while, you know. Right, totally. Okay, so how about money? Because money's filthy. Yeah, money tends to accumulate bacteria. Somebody did a study recently showing the more money's been in circulation, uh, the more bacteria and germs there are on it over time, interestingly enough. Although money's pretty absorbent, you know, it's hard to get microbes off it a lot of time when you handle it because it's kind of absorbent material. So transfer of microbes is, is not as great uh, as like touching a doorknob, for example. But is it, I mean, is that a reason to use credit cards more often or like Apple pay or that kind of stuff so that I'm not having to touch money as often? Oh, that's a good idea. Cause usually you're the only one touching the credit card. I, I, I haven't really thought about that. That's yeah. a good option. Well, and if you use those little cell phone pay things, now I just bathe in the germs on my cell phone, but I don't get money germs <laughs> transferred to me. I think we should all lock ourselves indoors. Okay, but speaking of doors, how about doorknobs and handles? Those are filthy, yes? Yeah, not too bad. Doorknobs and handles uh, aren't touched as frequently, often like in an office building or even in a home. You know, you leave your door open, and so there's a lot of people cleaning. So doorknobs, in that, you know, the exception is like a push plate to a major office building or a doorknob to an office building where you may have like a you know, 50 to 100 people, but generally like your office doorknob, conference rooms are fairly low. They're just not touched that frequently. What about the handles coming out of the bathroom at the office building? They're actually one of the cleaner objects in a restaurant. Wow, well, that's mean, so comforting because then that means it, that people are washing their hands. Yeah, at least half the people wash their hands. That's right. The uh, germiest thing in a restroom is the floor. That's one reason your shoes, about 90% of shoes have fecal bacteria on the bottom because there's a lot on the floor uh, that you find. Also in the sink and on, on the faucets, uh, we turn the water on and off because people turn it on when their hand is dirty. So those tend to be the germiest uh, objects. The cleanest object is the top of a toilet seat in a public restroom, um, pretty much anywhere, in an office, in a home, 
uh, in, in uh, school, top of the toilet seat's the cleanest thing I know. Gee, we'd really like to make the world as clean as a toilet seat. <laughs> There's a line. Yeah. So let I me know. ask you this. You know the three-second rule? You know, you, something falls on the floor, and you go, oh, a yeah. three-second rule, you can eat it anyway? No, I'm guessing you land, don't believe in that. I wouldn't do that. If it lands in dog poop on a toilet floor, it's going to pick up stuff right away. Well, I would never do that. But, like, if it lands on the carpet in my house, would I pick it up? Maybe if it was a pretzel. Maybe, yeah. Car carpets can get pretty germy, though, in your home. So, you know. So you're not a three-second guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> One, one of the objects of it. Uh, the reason uh, toilet seats are so clean is people use disinfectants on them a lot, or public ones. Uh, at least half the women in the U.S. either wipe a public toilet seat or put paper on it. There's an incredible fear of butt-borne diseases in the United States, so our toilet, that's why our toilet seats are so clean. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about two other things. Let's talk about restaurants. How about like, <laughs> restaurant menus, salt and pepper shakers, things like that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting in a restroom. The, the, the germiest thing is often the rag or sponge the waiters use to clean up things. We've done studies uh, where we'll test a, a, a tabletop in a restaurant, and, and then we'll sample it, and then we'll ask the waiter waitress to wipe it. And usually, they put down a, a, a layer of E. coli for us because they tend to grow in the sponges and that they're supposed to disinfect them in that, but they don't seem to do enough of that from what we can see. So does that the mean we should thing, all really be neurotic and bring our own bacteria, antibacterial wipes to well, a restaurant? Don't ask the waiter to wipe it up for you, <laughs> wipe it in front of you. Uh, I don't do that anymore. So um, what do you do? I mean, seriously, because that means you go to a yeah. restaurant, they've all been wiped with that disgusting towel. What, what I do is make sure my forks do not sit on the restaurant uh, or table surface. Ah. I usually put them in the plate or put them on the, the uh, towel, paper towel or cloth towel. That uh, I mean, napkin that they furnish is what the thing I do. And hands in your lap, not on the table. Yeah, the, the other thing is if they have plastic. I don't know if you've ever done this in restaurant plastic menus. Sometimes they're really sticky. Yeah, they're gross. It, oh, we've tested those. Yeah, there's tons of bacteria on those. I tend to touch those around the rim. Uh, or let my wife do the ordering. Here, you order for me. Nice. Uh, Throw her under the bus. Dr. Germa. <laughs> Um, and, and then the other bad thing is uh, the, um, the the high chairs where they put small children. Oh, those are Make gross. sure they, they uh, you know, I, when, I, when I have kids, uh, nephews and nieces, I wipe those with a disinfecting wipe I bring with me. Because I don't know what the last little kid did in it. Uh, I don't want to take a chance on it. But those, those are the three objects in the restaurants that really uh, stood out when we did studies. Hey, a um, little off-subject question, but because you mentioned it, I'm going to ask you, and then we'll ask about one more place. Um, disinfecting wipes. Are all disinfecting wipes created equal? And this is not a brand endorsement, but are there certain ones that you think are better than others? Well, if you use the term disinfecting wipe, that means it's approved by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency as a disinfectant. Okay. So just make sure that has the word disinfection or disinfecting wipe, because that, that will kill the germs we're concerned about. So that kills 99.9% .9 of the germ label on the thing is fine. Yeah, then, that's right. How about that. the, that's great. How about the chemical dangers to humans as a result of those? Well, most of them, they're supposed to be the ones that are used for their food safe, so you can put on surfaces, and, and the concentrations aren't that high. Now, there are wipes that are um, uh, that are natural products. The problem, like thymol is one you'll see on the market, is that you can develop allergies to those. Uh, a lot of the natural products um, 
can be used to sanitize areas, but uh, because of the potential of allergenic reactions, you don't want. You have to remember, natural products are, you know, think of pollen, plants. That's where they come from. So there's always a concern that people will develop allergies to some of these natural products that have been used. Yeah, that's true. All right, one more area I want to talk about: gymnasiums, public gyms. My daughter in college was in the athlete's lifting gym and then complained a while later about the fungal redness around her eye. And I said, do you wash your hands after the gym? Well, not necessarily. So let's talk about gyms and all those bars and handles and everything else. Yeah, they're great. They're mostly stainless steel, which is good for taking germs off. You know, probably the object where you'll pick up most of the germs is stainless steel because they're so easy to clean, right? So the germs come on and off very easy uh, on it. Now, people have found um, MRSA, which causes skin infections on surfaces in gyms. So you have the yeah. potential of, of picking those up. Uh, the other thing is, is like your daughter, she could have picked up uh, an eye infection. There's our viruses that cause eye infections. They could be transmitted uh, potentially on gym equipment too. So what do you do? Well, the gym I go to has disinfecting wipes to wipe down the surfaces of the stuff when you're done or when you're gonna use it. So that's what I would recommend you do because transfer, I mean, in my gym, this equipment is used almost on a continuous basis during the day. So it's a good idea to grab one of those wipes and wipe it down, or at least wash your hands or use a hand sanitizer. A lot of gyms have those available too. Uh, gyms have played a role among um, athletes uh, too, you know, in the, uh, their locker rooms and that of, of transmitting MRSA and skin infections. Yeah, so exactly. It's a, it's a good idea. Uh, to particularly your hands to wipe those down and that, you know, and, and really even take a shower after working out in the gym is not a bad idea either. Well, you should try to do that anyway. The friend, those around me appreciate it. Um, I usually wipe down afterward. Do I do, do you have to scrub it? You know, they always say you have to wash your hands for 30 seconds with soap and water, but the wipes, does one pass do it? Yes. The wipes are very efficient because you usually let it dry. So the, uh, the disinfectant has time to act. We use a hand sanitizer. It's, it's as effective as, as a hand washing. So you could use that. Um, everybody likes to recommend hand washing. But first, you know, I, I tend to favor hand sanitizers because in studying people hand washing, the Centers for Disease Control says wash your hands for 15 to 20 seconds. And studying people's hand washing, about 11 seconds is average. So um, I tend to when I'm out and about to use hand sanitizers, you know, rather than run to a restroom and wash my hands all the time. Gotcha. All right. Well, Dr. Chuck Gerba, thank you so much. It's a filthy world out there, but if we take some, some smart measures and keep our hands clean, don't touch our hands and faces, then we will hopefully minimize the sickness that we get. We will, we will look forward to seeing you in our publications again. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you.